they'll come. So we've met four people there who do a job, and you know for the last few weeks we've been following a theme which is, thank God it's Monday. Thank God it's every day, but thank God it's Monday because we get a chance to go to work and we get a chance to um, meet people in our jobs and be productive and be purposeful. And we've been thinking about that over the last few weeks. And we've just met four people who all do a job. And after, I've done the, after we've talked for a little bit, we're going to meet two more of them, going to come back. And we're just going to ask them a little bit about what I'm saying, whether that's true in their job. And so we've been looking at the story of the Good Samaritan. This, does it work? Does it work? Does it work? There we go. Look at the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, I'm just going to quickly recap the story in case you weren't too sure about it. So the first thing is a man was attacked on his journey. Terrible thing happened. Man just walking from one place to another, and he gets attacked. And three people pass him. And the question in the story is, who's going to help him? The first man, you might not know this, the first man was a priest. You think he'd be a really good guy, he would really know it's the right thing to do, he would help them, but he walks on the other side. In fact, he walks on the other side because he, his, his belief says you shouldn't touch unclean things, and so he keeps away from the man who's, who's been beaten up. The second man's a Levite. Now, he also knows what, um, what the law in the Old Testament said, and he also keeps away from the man who's lying in the gutter because he thinks that's not a good thing to do. So he doesn't help him either. But the man lying in the gutter is Jewish, and these two are Jewish. You'd think they'd help them. In fact, the one who does help them, you all know by now, is a what? He's a Samaritan. He's not from the same beliefs, and he, and he certainly wouldn't really be approved of by these other two. They wouldn't think Samaritans were very good people. But in fact, he's the one who shows what, what kindness and mercy is really like. In fact, he, he, he's so kind, he carries him all the way to an inn. He, um, he leaves money for the food and the, and the kind of the room. And then he, he leaves that until, and he tells the man, you need to look after him until he's better. And if you've used any money that I haven't given you, when I come back, I'm going to give you it. He goes way beyond what, what a lot of us might do. We might have said, oh, you know, I'll ring the police, ring an ambulance. He does whatever it takes to the point of really looking after him and bringing him back to life. Much, much more than the other two. Okay, that is the story of the Good Samaritan. And the thing about the Good Samaritan, in your job... It gives us some things that you might want to think about in your job. Things that would make you a good, good employee, really. The first thing is, he notices when others need help. And I have to say, if you've got somebody working for you who notices things, that's really good. They're looking out for other people and looking out when something needs fixing. The second thing is, he doesn't just notice, he does something. He, gets in, he puts into action to make, it, to make it better. So you don't just want people to go, oh, that's broken and that's broken. You want somebody who's going to fix it. And that's what he does. And the third thing about him that makes him a great employee is that he doesn't just do the limit. He doesn't just work until 5 o'clock. He doesn't work until he's done what he's been asked to do and waits for some more instructions. He does way more. In fact, the Bible uses the phrase, going the extra mile. And if you've got anyone who works for you, goes the extra mile, they are, it's just brilliant. 
danger you could be exploited if you go the extra mile a lot, but let's just hope that you don't work for someone like that. Um, and they're good things to be in your job. Someone who notices, someone who does things, and somebody who does actually a bit more than they're asked to do all the time. So the Good Samaritan's a good story when we're thinking about work. And the thing about Christianity, the thing about this story is, it is better to do good than it is to do harm. It's better to be like the Good Samaritan than it is to be like the other two. But I want to tell you, that isn't Christianity, because I am telling you that I work with a lot of people who aren't Christians, and they do notice things, and they do take action, and they do go the extra mile. So I wouldn't like to say it's only Christians that are good people, because I mean lots of people who do a lot of good things. And, and I'm pretty sure if you think about it, you do too. So that, that on its own can't be Christianity. So then I started to think, well, who's telling this story? The person who's telling the story is Jesus. And Jesus was a teacher. And when he was teaching things, he usually was trying to make a point. And the bit that this story, the bit that led Jesus to tell the story of the Good Samaritan was this bit happened before it. Somebody came up to Jesus and they said to him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What, what's, the, what's all this about? And he said, he said, well, what does the law say? Well, the law says you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. That is what it's all about. So the man says to Jesus, well, I, 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 so, hang on. So, so the man tells that to Jesus, and Jesus, and the man then says, but who is my neighbor? So Jesus then tells the story of these three people. One of them is a very good priest. One, oh, the religion would say he was a good person to be a priest. The religion would say he's a Levite, and then there's another one who's a Samaritan, which nobody liked at all. But at the end of the story, who does Jesus, or who does the man realize is his neighbor? Who's his neighbor? The That's the answer to most of the questions today. Who's the, he's the Samaritan, isn't he? So the Samaritan is the neighbor. Not the priest, not the Levite, but the Samaritan. And what Jesus might be saying is, it isn't really whether you really come to church a lot, do lots of religious things. What matters is that your faith has an impact in the world. That what you do, what you believe, and what you say you believe, and what you and the God that you worship, if you're not, if it doesn't show when you're next to people who are in trouble, then what really is that religion that you're following? Because if it's about loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor as yourself, that's what the law said. Well, the only one who seemed to show loving your neighbor as yourself was the Samaritan, and nobody even thought they were Jewish anyway. So Jesus, that's the point that Jesus is making. So it is better to help people who are out there than it is to sit in church all the time. That's, that's what Jesus is saying. But is that Christianity? Not on its own. It's not enough, is it? Because it is lots of people who don't ever come to a church go and help people in the world. So that can't quite be Christianity either. So what we know is that there is a really good story, and even if you'd never heard of the Bible, but you'd heard this story, you would think, oh yeah, that's a good way to live. It's good to look after people. Or you might think, well, who told the story? Oh, it was Jesus, the teacher, 
And Jesus is telling us, if you've got a faith, then you need to put it in action. But Jesus wasn't only a teacher, he was also a miracle worker. And what, what we believe is that he doesn't just tell us what to do, he gives us the power to do it. If you go to work every day and you just try to give and give and give, eventually you'll run out of energy and you'll run out of steam. But Jesus is a miracle worker. Jesus left his spirit behind to live in us so that we would have the power to keep moving when we'd run out of our own steam. That's, what, what, that's one of our differences. We're not relying on our own power and our own brilliance. We're relying on Jesus. But Jesus wasn't only a miracle worker. Jesus was also our savior. He saved us when we really needed rescuing. And we, when we go out into the world, we do love people, but we love people because Jesus loved us. And we serve people because Jesus came to serve. There's a reason why we're loving, and it's because that's what Jesus showed us how to do that. But Jesus wasn't just a savior. Jesus, when he rose from the dead, we all, that, what that showed was that Jesus was God. He wasn't just somebody who told you to do good things. He wasn't somebody who did magic tricks. He wasn't somebody who just died on a cross. He had done what nobody had ever done before. He rose from the dead and ascended to be with God because he is the son of God. And because he is the son of God, we would say that Jesus is our Lord. And because he's our Lord, we obey him. So when some people think, you know what, I'm going to pack up because I can't face doing this anymore because they haven't got the power to do it, Jesus gives you the power. And when some people say, I'm going to pack up because I just don't care enough, we have to remember that Jesus loved us. And then if, if you don't feel like loving anybody and you don't feel like doing your job, what you also need to know is Jesus is your God and we obey our God. So Jesus is four things. So some of the verses that that makes me think about, this one, Jesus is Lord, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus is our Lord. He's our Savior. And in Corinthians it says, Christ's love compels us. It forces us. Because of the way he loved us, we, we just want to love other people because of what he's done for us. And because he's our power, we no longer say that it is, we, we say, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It is Christ working through me. His Holy Spirit is in me, and he is doing what I could never, ever do without him inside me. It's something beyond my own power. And Jesus is our teacher, and if there's this particular passage uh, in Matthew Jesus tells this story, and he says, and the king says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus does want us to help the person who's lying in the gutter. And he does want us to help the people who don't have things. And he just wants us to be nice to, to the other people around us. But we do it because of who he is, because he is the miracle worker, because he's the savior, because he's our Lord. 
And if, you, if you're just doing it because you think it's the right thing to do, then that is really fine, but it, it isn't really following Jesus. So I kind of made this little picture, and it might help you or it might not help you. So when I think about the cross, how will we work? We will work through the power of the Holy Spirit coming down, flowing through us. Why will we work? Because Jesus loved us and he came to serve. He put his arms out, so we put our arms out. And what will be our work? Our work will be to do what Jesus taught. So Jesus healed, Jesus helped, Jesus served, and that will be our work. So why we do it, how are we doing it? We're doing it through the Holy Spirit. Why are we doing it? Because he loves us. What will we do? We will do what he did. Do you want to say that with me? You can put your hands up if you want to. You ready? So how will we work? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why will we work? Because Jesus loved us and came to serve. What will be our work? To do what Jesus did. You okay with that? Really good. Okay, I'm going to invite Felix and Andrew to come up. And hopefully, they might say what I've just said. Let's see what happens. So if you can take a mic, Felix is coming. So we've already met these, and remember that Andrew is a, 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 an aspiring store manager. Maybe. And Felix is a lecturer at a university. What do you teach, by the way, Felix? Automation, manufacturing systems. Just say that again. Man <laughs> manufacturing systems, automation. Manufacturing systems. Automation. Okay, one, one for all of us at home. And, uh, and Andrew, where do you work? Or is that a secret? Yeah, I work at Screwfix. Right, there you go. So, manufacturing automation, Screwfix. Okay, so I've just been saying that we work not because it's, it's good to be good, but because of Jesus Christ. So, you okay with this question? Yeah. yeah. So, Andrew. Can you tell me how that makes sense in your life? Um, so uh, Screwfix in Halifax, the, some of the colleagues will speak nasty about the other colleagues behind their backs, and I always endeavour to say to them, that's not very nice, you shouldn't be talking about them like that, and that's me being Jesus in the workplace. Another example is when a customer comes in, some of the employees will just get the customer through, we won't talk to them, I spend time with each customer, especially if the store's not busy, and actually invest in their day and say, what do you want to talk about? Well, might not say that, but if it, whatever naturally comes out of them, listen, be listening here. So you're living as Jesus lives. Yeah. So you are thinking, what will be our work to live as Jesus yeah. lives? Yeah. So, Felix, what about you? Uh, yes, so uh, Jesus was often called teacher. And one of the things he did was to um, explain difficult concepts using what people already understood, like seeds, uh, harvest, and all of that. So sometimes when I find that some students are having difficulties understanding what I am teaching, I'm able to look at what Jesus did and explain tough concepts using some of the things they already understood, which was the pattern that Jesus already used. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Okay. So... You all, are, we've been talking about this for the last few weeks. You all do something and you all do something different. But when you leave here today and you come back next week, you've done something in between. And whether you work in a screw fix, whether you work in a university, we would like you to be thinking, how are you going to be working? 
why will you be working and what will you be doing and you can turn up for 30 odd hours a week and you can get through the week or you can be thinking how could I use those 30 hours to be like Jesus okay so uh, Chris I thank you both of you for coming thank you great well done yeah and give him a round of applause and Chris I think Chris is going to come and lead us in prayer. So you'll have noticed something happened on your table. You've managed to resist. Oh, you, have, you haven't really been able to resist them. Um, but hopefully there'll be some left. Chris, you better be quick, otherwise there's going to be nothing left at the table. So. Thank you, Gary. Uh, you must have seen something on your table. Um, uh, have you started eating it already? Okay. So what we have been doing things we have been talking to god talking to ourselves listening to god so now we want to continue doing that so uh, you know find, you you are free to start eating now as we pray just find something very nice and eat and uh, as we pray together so can you bring that prayer on the screen can we pray this prayer together loving and compassionate jesus help us to respond to the things our hearts perceive help us to tend to the people in this world who are in need help us to be generous with our own resources words and time help us to follow you as you lead and guide amen before you can think about helping others. You need to actually think about the good things you have. As you eat a sweet, think about the things that are sweet in your life. The things you can offer. The time, your strength that you can offer. That words of encouragement you can actually give. Who can you help this week? As you're eating, make sure you're praying. Don't just eat. <laughs> but, and they, just think about that. Who can you help? How can you help someone? Why not ask God to give you chance? The chance comes quite often, always. But for you to be sensitive when the time comes to be compassionate, to show love, Ask for the opportunity that you will share the sweet things in your life. When Peter was confronted with a beggar, a crippled beggar, the beggar said, uh, Peter said, I did not have silver, I did not have money, but what I have, I will give to you. So think about God, what God has given to you, what you have, those sweet things. You think your time. If you don't have job at the moment, you probably have much time to give. If you don't have more money, you probably have compassion to share, words of encouragement. And it's possible to have all of them to share. Let us bring our prayer together as we pray the prayer our Lord 
Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, our power, and glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And let's shout a better Amen. So continue it.